Uh, hello. How's it going? Welcome to um, another edition of Timmins Podcast. My name is Timmin. I am your host, and this is my podcast. Thank you to everyone who's been listening. It means a lot to me, guys. Like, I see the views. I see the downloads. I literally thought I'd have, like, 12 people listen to me total, and we've surpassed um, almost 160 downloads of me recording this. And when I post this, it could be even more than that. So I really appreciate that. It means a ton. Um, and to everyone that's listening to this for the first time, what's up? My name's Timon. Welcome to the podcast. So I got a really cool speaker, a really cool speaker, a really cool guest. Uh, his name is Scott Puckett. And this guy is is super legit. So we only had a little bit of time. I didn't get deep into all the different questions I wanted to ask him. But man, he is a cool dude. Um, I know him through his daughter, Leah. We're good friends. And um, so we were able to... I've known him for a while. He's my financial advisor. And I just kind of tweeted at him. I said, hey, Scott, you want to do a podcast? And he said, yeah, let's set it up. So he was willing to take an hour and a half out of his busy day his busy life, honestly, and sit down and talk to me. And so that's kind of what we got coming. And he's a great dude, major influence, um, probably one of the smartest guys I know. Um, and he's super humble as well. Like, you know, you can he's very easy to relate to. You'll get it. You'll catch it. I'm excited to share this, guys. Scott Puckett, check him out. Awesome. Uh, Scott, we're live. Uh, thanks for joining Tim's podcast. Hey, it's a pleasure to be here in your kitchen. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty homegrown. It it's is. Cool. I like it. The yeah. plants are looking awesome. Uh, could use some watering. Anything? Maybe. Anything there edible or? Uh... Yeah, basil, okay. rosemary, and thyme, and then I don't know what's over here—a cactus and some stuff. But that's stuff I do use for cooking sometimes. Very nice. Um, I have a full garden that's that's actually grown fairly large wow and a bunch of grapes and stuff in the back so okay i see you're growing a pineapple over there too growing a pineapple yeah nice yeah, i'm a man of the land i guess <laughs> not everybody could do that <laughs> yeah no i i like growing stuff and then eating the stuff that you grow I, I think that's such a cool that sounds good yeah and it's a it's a lost art a lot of people don't do that anymore that's so. right well my wife grew up uh uh a mennonite girl and they gardened almost every day so wow I'm I'm the beneficiary of that. <laughs> At least some of my sister in laws still do it. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh yeah, no, that is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Because then she, she probably canned and did all that. Oh fun yeah, stuff. yeah. We still do that. The fro- freeze corn and yep. can salsa and stuff like that and beans. Yeah. Yep. Mm. I have a bunch of tomatoes. I'm gonna make into um, like a sauce, just tomato sauce. Yeah. Use for spaghetti or whatever. It's I want delicious. To. Yeah. It's so much you better when it. you've made it yourself. Yeah. I've done it a couple of years in a row. So. And then you can make it just the way you like it too. Yeah, yeah. And I don't have to, I don't have to buy it. That's right. <laughs> like you don't that. have to buy it. <laughs> I like that aspect. That's so, right. So I like it, and then I don't have to buy it. So. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, I'm glad that uh, you saw. You get. You like the vibe. That's you dig the it. whole ambiance is. Yeah. It's very Timon. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, full disclosure, you're my financial advisor. Yes, I am. <laughs> uh, and but we've been friends for a little while. Yeah. Um, I like to kind of tell people how we met, maybe. Sure. Um, and I think we met, I met you through Leah. Right. Um, 
and she told me I need to start investing to start investing <laughs> yeah. through you. Excellent. So, yeah. And so she's told that to a few of her friends <laughs> have come in to see me. So she only tells it to the ones that she's like, these people are going places. So All right. To Scott. That's cool. That's <laughs> maybe cool. not. I don't know. I think there's a lot of young people that really, they know that it's something they should do, but yeah. they've never had anybody really show them how to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you came in at a time when I literally right out of college and I didn't have a ton of money to my name, but you sat down and, and you actually helped me craft a plan and we started putting stuff together. And yeah, I remember one time, um, I saw you at, uh, what was it, the chief? Yes. And you're like, Hey, there's Goshen's next millionaire. And I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> it was the nicest thing. It was, yeah. it was very nice of you to say that. So yeah. I well, appreciate that. Once you learn those principles and you apply those principles, yeah. um, it's just a matter of time. It's going to happen. Yeah. It's, I see it growing. Mm-hmm. So it's cool. And just keep investing, which Amen. is cool too. So, yeah. So, yeah. So it's, it was cool because um, you know Kyle. I know Kyle. Yes. And I told him that you were my investor. And he's like, Are you sure? Because he has a certain level and he doesn't really <laughs> let anyone underneath that level. And I was like, No way. So I, I feel, again, feel very honored that you took time. Well, out that of is time. true. There, you have to be special to get in. Yeah. You know, well, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you are a special dude, but uh, I do like helping people. Yeah. I do. It's, it's certainly, you know, when you're a believer uh, and you have something that you can offer people, um, certainly I love to help out multimillionaires. No yeah. doubt. That's, that's my business. Yeah. But um, this is so important to life, just the, the skill of budgeting yeah. and um, putting together some self-control and some discipline and learning how to say no to things so you can actually build uh some investment into your budget and uh you know millionaires unless you inherit it you have to build it and there's a great book called the millionaire next door yeah and uh, have you seen that book before yeah I know. Yeah. yeah so it talks about you know the average millionaire is just wearing a flannel shirt and jeans and driving in a 20 year old pickup truck. And you wouldn't say there's a millionaire. Right. Uh, but really they work hard and they're often self-employed and they're putting money away and they're doing the right things and they don't have to go out and buy fancy stuff. They're not wearing diamonds and jewelry and wear and driving the latest car because they know that while none of those things are wrong, Right. Uh, most of those things will prevent you from actually becoming wealthy yeah. if you if you don't put savings first. Yeah, yeah. And I'd rather have a good life when I'm older and do that stuff when I have the time to do it. When right now I'm young, I can work. I don't need to have the nicest car or the fanciest things. Yeah. So it, that, it, there's a little gratification to having it, but then it wears off. Yes. Then you're like, what do I want to buy? What's the next thing I want to buy? So I've tried to change my mindset from what's the next thing I want to buy to what's the next thing I want to save? How do I want to put, you know, what loans do I want to pay off? What's the next thing I want to accomplish? I feel yes. like that is more rewarding for me than having something new and, and nice. And I think in the last 15 years or so, uh, Dave Ramsey has kind of made it popular to say, hey, budgeting is important and, yeah. um, and saving, using your 401k, your Roth IRA and you know, what's cool is is not just the BMW, but it's having a nice, shiny Roth uh, account. <laughs> With um, good yield. And that's right. Fun stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, good mutual fund. Yeah, how's your Amazon stock doing? <laughs> doing well. <laughs> it's doing well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so uh, you work at Edward Jones. How did you kind of get into this, or how long have you worked for Edward Jones? Uh, almost 15 years now. Yeah. Um, I, I spent uh, almost 18 years uh, in healthcare. So I went to school at Indiana University, go Hoosiers. Go Hoosiers. Graduated uh, down there at IU with a degree, a business degree in healthcare administration. And um, then that was back in the middle 80s. And uh, for anyone who's ever seen healthcare, there's something called the DRG, Diagnostic Related Group, that came into hospitals and it basically uh, capitated spending. And okay. what that means is healthcare spending was growing out of control and DRGs were a form to say, you know, if the government was going to pay for this service like a, a hip surgery or an appendectomy or a broken arm, every single diagnosis, there were over 400 different diagnosis, diagnoses and each one would be given a certain dollar amount. Gotcha. So here hospital, if that you're going to do like a, if you're going to do a, a hip replacement, uh, we're going to pay $19,000 for it, so you're going to have to figure out how to do it for $19,000 or less. Yeah, when they were charging maybe twenty-two or twenty-five. Right. So it, uh, so it, and if this is going to be paid for by Medicare, for example, or Medicaid, Medicare specifically in this example, they're going to have to really watch their spending. So healthcare organizations contracted. They laid off lots of people, and mm. that was right at the time I was... Uh, graduating from from school, trying to get a job in healthcare, and so I uh, ended up uh, stepping sideways. And my dad knew Gene Yoder. You know who Gene Yoder is? Gene Gene was thirty years the CEO of Greencroft, one of the yeah. one of the most impressive natural leaders I've ever worked with. Really, uh, an amazing guy. So um, I I. Uh, he, when he was at Greencroft, I decided to put in my resume. Someone had told me that they were looking for an administrative position. I put in my resume and uh, ended up, uh, I remember, as a matter of fact, uh, there was a time where Gene, in the series of interviews, Gene was interviewing me. And he said, so what do you want to do in your future? And I said, well, I want your job. <laughs> and he laughed at that. He wasn't too threatened by a 25-year-old uh, saying, I want your job. But um, it turned out that Greencroft was a fantastic experience. It allowed me to use my business skills, my healthcare skills, and my ministry skills all wrapped into one organization. Oh, that's cool. So I loved it. I, I flourished there. They had a fantastic management team that uh, I, I just I learned a lot working for them and then when I moved on from there, there was another retirement community down in Warsaw called Grace Village, just mm -hmm. about a half mile down the road from Grace well. College. Yep. And yep. Um, they had a CEO who was doing some illegal stuff, selling mm. unsecured bonds in order to build the community. Finally, uh, as the board learned about it, um, he hit, they, they canned him. But it was such a stink that any experienced uh, administrator or executive director would not have any interest in going there. So instead, 
uh, Gene Yoder said, hey, um, here's a couple names of people you ought to talk to. And I was one of them. Yeah. And uh, they ended up hiring me because I was probably the one they could afford. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, hey, this place is in deep doo-doo. I cannot, uh, I can't hurt it more, probably. Right. right. And if I can help turn things around, then good. Well, good for all of us. It's still going today. It is. Yeah. So things went well. God is good. Um, you know, we put a good team together. We turned things around. And then I had opportunities to go other places. Yeah. So I did that for about 18 years running retirement communities. Um, all of them were um, faith-based. Mennonite, Greencroft, Grace Brethren, um, Methodist, United Methodist uh, in Frankfurt, Indiana. And then finally, uh, Brethren, uh, the Church of the Brethren. So did that, and uh, all during that time, my financial advisor was with Edward Jones, and he was like, hey, you should come to Edward Jones. And he's like, I'm, I'm doing great in my current gig, so I don't think I really want to make a change. Right. But finally, I get to the point where it's like, I should hear him out. So had breakfast with he and uh, his brother-in-law, who is also uh, Steve Herbster and Dan Craig, had breakfast together, and they said, this is what we'd like to do. We'd like to peel off a part of our business and get you started, and what do you think? That's so cool. So that's what I did. Yeah, 15 years ago. The rest is history. Wow. Wow, okay, so I have a, a couple questions from that. First off, you said your dad knew Gene, right? Yes. So were you from, originally from Goshen? Well, I lived, I went to Northridge. <laughs> okay. And uh, so this area, uh, yeah, this I I was originally from uh, Lafayette. Oh, okay. Uh, grew up in Purdue country. <laughs> I was gonna say that's and, a big move. Uh, that's a bold move. So most of my cousins and aunts and uncles, my parents went to Purdue. Yeah. So, but going through school, I it turned out I had pretty good grades, so I didn't have to go to Purdue. <laughs> <laughs> I went to IU instead. Yeah. And uh, got them. That's hilarious. <laughs> So I uh, went to IU and studied healthcare administration. Yeah. I thought I, thought I might uh, actually pursue medicine and become a doctor. Yeah. That was probably more of a romantic idea, especially for a dude that's probably a little bit of uh, ADD in me, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know the, how many ADD doctors are there out there? Uh, not, not very many. I don't think so. Yeah, I think there, if there were, they're no longer doctors. That's right. <laughs> So yeah. after my first couple years, I realized, you know what? I think they need a 3.77 GPA just to get, just to apply for medical school. Wow. So I thought, you know, that's not going to happen. Yeah. If I can't be a doctor, maybe I could be a doctor's boss. Yeah. And run a hospital. Yeah. So. So that was the move. That was the move. That's crazy. So uh, how long were you at Grace Village? I was and at how Grace long did it Village. Take you to- to change that all around? Uh, just, just a tick under three years. Okay. Um, we basically, uh, unfortunately, we put together a refinancing plan uh, for that. So there were a little over 400 uh, investors. And uh, we put together a plan where we reduced the rate of interest and lengthened the period of time we'd have to pay them back because the amount of debt was just undoable hmm. uh, in the in the time frame that we had. So... Uh, the majority, like literally 99% of the people, uh, voted to accept that. But 1%, uh, there was a few families that said, no, we want our money now. We will not agree to this. So 
knowing that they were going to pursue Grace Village in a lawsuit, we were forced to take the organization through bankruptcy to protect oh, wow. the corporation. And, uh, and we turned things around. We filled the place up. We got it profitable again. Wow. And by doing that, with a, with a lot of hard work from the management staff there, we had to reorganize that organization. We had to downsize, unfortunately, in order to get it back to profitability. And, um, but it all happened. It was all necessary. And, it, uh, and with that, it gave me opportunities yeah. within the state of Indiana. Um, some of the people knew. And speaking of Edward Jones, the next place I landed was, so the same Steve Herbster, who was my financial advisor, was talking to another Edward Jones financial advisor down in Frankfurt named Larry Price. And Larry was the board chair for West, Wesley Manor. Oh, uh, wow. Methodist place down there. Yeah. And um, he's like, yeah, we're in the middle of a, a search for our next CEO. And Steve's like, hey, I've got a friend that you should talk to. Yeah. And boom, six uh, months later, I'm at Wesley Manor. That's crazy. So That's crazy. Did you learn a lot your first, those first three years at Grace? Uh, was it? Oh, I did. I yeah. did. I learned a lot. It sounds like it was a safe place to learn, too. Well, I, it sounded I like a very intense situation. It was very intense. A very bad situation, but. It, it was, the good situation was, like I said, things were so bad that um, they had to hire me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they were so bad that um, uh, basically I couldn't mess things up, like I said. And uh, I had had a great experience in my prior three years with, with Greencroft. Yeah. And just watching Gene Yoder and Rick Stiffney and Jay Shetler. Yeah. And uh, uh, just a number of really excellent leaders there. I thought, you know what? If I just take what I observed at this wonderful organization and replicate it here at Grace Village, well, I think we'll be successful. Wow. And we did. Wow. That's exactly what happened. So you saw what was good, and you just took all the bad stuff and replaced it with good. Absolutely. And it just worked. I mean, it worked. It did. Because it's still around. That is crazy. Yeah. So when you went to other places, did you try to do the same thing? Yeah. Try to just replicate from Green It kind of turned out that um, like Wesley Manor in Frankfurt was a place that uh, they were struggling also. Um, they had Their occupancy was way down financially. Yeah. They were having some hard times because their occupancy was down. But it was a long, proud place that had opened up in like 1961. And it was a beautiful, beautiful retirement community. Had an 18-hole golf course. Oh, wow. A swimming pool, bowling alley. Just a gorgeous place. Uh, you drive into this lane. It's, it's lined with these beautiful blossoming apple trees. It's postcard beautiful. Yeah. So uh, I was able to take my years of experience, uh, not a ton of years, but by that time I had about six years yeah. experience. And, yeah. uh, you know, the interesting, the kind of funny thing was when I came to Grace Village, they had a number of play people like a uh, uh, director of development and uh, uh, administrator of healthcare, and they had uh, director of finance and CFO, all these things. Well, we couldn't afford any of those. Yeah. So I basically had to become like four different positions in one. Wow. Yeah. And which, you know, when you're young, you just go out there and work. You don't realize the amount of work that you're doing. 
and that actually other places do it with a lot more people. Yeah. And I'm not bragging on myself. Yeah. I mean, what I'm saying is when I went to Wesley Manor, they were more established, more sophisticated. They weren't in that kind of same level of financial distress. So they had vice president of operations and vice president of administration, vice president of this and that. And I didn't, I didn't know what to do. It's like, uh, I'm trying to think, okay, I'm CEO, but what do I do? Because I'm used to doing all your jobs. Right. right. So it, that was a learning curve. Yeah. I remember one time uh, one of the VPs, uh, Debbie Lineback, Deb uh, came to me and said, Scott, you're kind of stepping on our toes. You know? you're, you're doing our job. And I, I remember saying, thank you for telling me that because I didn't realize it. I don't want to do that. I don't think that I'm better at doing it than you. I was just doing what I thought I had, had done in the past. So I had to learn how to be a CEO yeah. instead of doing all the work, trying to do all the work. Interesting. Wow. So I'm sure you've seen different things in each one that you went to. There's probably a new curve every time you go. Yeah, but, I think yeah. I, I think one of the important things is that you realize that um, every place has its own unique culture. And you have to respect culture. You go to different churches, they have a different culture. You go to different businesses, they have their own culture. Yep. And you have to be careful as a new leader. You know, they're looking at leadership, but at the same time, they're saying like, we've got like 40 years of, of history and culture that we're proud of. And you have to learn quickly, what is that culture? You have to honor that culture. You have to honor those other people that have been working hard, even though an organization may be struggling. It's not necessarily because there's 10 people that are just completely not doing their job. It may be because they didn't have proper leadership or maybe they didn't create a cohesive team or whatever. But you can come into an organization and if you don't respect the culture that is there and respect the people who are there and think that you're some almighty fixer, you're going you're gonna to crash and burn Yeah, and you're going to be hated. Yeah, but if you, uh, I, one thing that I did when I was at Greencroft, for example, I did this administrator in training. So an AIT, when you get licensed to be a healthcare administ administrator, you have to spend six months working in all the different areas. So you understand laundry, you understand what it's like to be a CNA, you understand to work in the in the dietary and everything. Yeah, I loved it. I think it was fantastic. So you were learning everyone's normal jobs. Yes, kind of. You were in the day to day stuff. Yes. So when I came to these other places, what I did was I spent the first, I did a, a mini AIT. I spent the first month and I said, okay, you managers, uh, you need to continue to keep this place running. I'm going to take the next 30 days and I'm going to work in all of the different departments. So I cleaned toilets, I washed dishes, I mowed the lawn, I helped clean bedpans. So I, there yeah. was nothing that I didn't do. Yeah. And uh, that allowed me to get to know all of the employees on a first name basis. And I remember one housekeeper when I was on my knees uh, scrubbing the toilet saying, she was laughing at I've never seen a CEO scrub a toilet in my life. <laughs> and so it, it was good. Yeah. And that was a way to understand and respect their culture and yeah. for them to get to know me. Yeah. And then after 30 days, my ability to step forward and lead those people 
was infinitely higher than what it would have been if I just would have started guns blazing. All right, we're going to do this and this and this. Right. Because you understood them at that point. They knew who you were. There was a connection. They all already all pretty much trusted you because you were willing to do something that no one else had been able to do or would do for them in a way. I think in many like, cases that's exactly what they felt. Yeah. That's crazy. So you, how old were you when you went to the Wesleyan Manor? Well, Wesleyan when Manor? I remember I was 29 when I went to Grace Village. Okay. And uh, so three, three years later, 32. so I was 32. So you're young. Probably most of the people. Mm-hmm. Well, so at Grace Village and at the manor, I'm sure you were probably younger than all the other people you're working with. Absolutely. When I was at many of those places, there were people who were working for me that were my parents' age. Wow. So I had to earn their respect, but you know what? I, that didn't bother me at all because, like I said, I was going back and thinking about what I'd learned at Greencroft, putting together a good team. One of the advantages of being an executive director or CEO at a young age is you realize, okay, I don't know it all. Yeah. I've had limited experience, but I know how to build teams that work. I yeah. know, I know I can identify an intelligent person. I can identify a person who's willing to work with another person. Yeah. That's, that's like raw wood. You know how they grade lumber, like grade one, two, and three? Right, right. You know, I can grade wood. So you, I start bringing in lumber or high quality people who will work together. You can train them the stuff they need. People who are smart and ministry minded and love to work with people they're going to figure it all out. Yeah. You don't have to teach them a bunch of stuff. Yeah. So that's what I did. Or hover over them or micromanage them. You just put, put them in the right track. And how could I micromanage when I didn't even really know how to do their job? Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, you tell me. All right, here's what we need to do. Here's Look at our budget here. Now, we're going to have to do some serious stuff here in the next couple of years. But in the next 60 days, I need you to come back to me in the next, I don't know, 10 days, for example. I, I give you 10 days to come back to me and tell me how we're going to cut 3 or 4% out of, our, out of your department, out of your area, right away. Yeah. So they're the ones that put their own budgets together, and came they back. were easily able to come back and tell me how to cut 3 or 4%. Yeah. So then we said, all right, do it, do it, do it, do it. And within a month, we've... We've taken an organization with a you know, with an eight million dollar budget and cut it by a quarter million dollars just like that. That's crazy. And then we start going deeper. Yeah. But yeah. we had to just kind of stop the bleeding. Now. Yep. You know. It's it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're very passionate about it. It's mm-hmm. very cool. So how was that? How did that job translate to um, Edward Jones? Well, I had done that for a while, and you know, it's inter- it's an interesting thing when you're at a retirement community in a uh, like uh, like uh, Wesley Manor. Uh, we had 400 employees. I uh, know we had 400 uh, cl- clients or residents, and we had maybe 250 employees there. You know, we were one of the largest employers in Frankfurt, and uh, so if you want to move up and you're 32, 33, 34 years old and you're upwardly mobile, well, where do you go to get promoted? 
Yeah. You go to another bigger retirement community. Right. So right. you have to move. One has 800 take your, or 1,000. Right. Yeah. right. So you uproot, and we moved over to Ohio, and we worked at the Brethren Retirement Community that who had a couple different um, uh, communities. And um, that was a group of beautiful people over there, too. Yeah. So what, what led me to it? Well, if you're constantly having to move every four or five years, A, you're moving your family. Right. And B, you know, you're starting in a new community. You might move yourself. I remember interviewing in... Um, in Los Angeles and in New Jersey and in Washington D.C., Gaithersburg and uh, down in St. Pete, and we came to the conclusion that you know what, this opportunity at Edward Jones takes us comes. We come back to to Elkhart County, back where Lisa and I started our family, back where we met at Monday night Bible study you know, 30 plus years ago. Yeah. And uh, the family could be reunited. I have a sister here. Lisa has two sisters here. Yeah. So this is where family is like, you know, it's time. Yeah. Let's do this and let's put our roots deep and not move anymore. Wow. So that's what brought you back. It is. That's crazy. I didn't know that. That's cool that you guys also met here. And, we did. And that whole, it kind of sprung from here and then came back to it. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. This is a great community. It yeah. truly is. Yeah, it's a very unique. Mm-hmm. It's a very unique community. Well, that's really cool. So, um, yeah, I have a couple questions about sure. that. But I'm trying to think. So, you, you, being part of this community, I guess, and being here for the past 15 years, and coming from a bunch of different places, you've gone to different things, you've seen it, um, you've seen this whole community change the past 15 years Mm -hmm. what's been some of the big stuff that's changed what do you think are some stuff that we've missed also Hmm. that's a pretty intense question you don't have to answer it but that's all right yeah well you know economically we've grown the rv industry has just continued to expand and so with that need for labor we've certainly certainly seen our workers the average people in the manufacturing area we've got people coming from all over the place yeah including uh south of the border we've got a lot of people so that would be big my wife is a educator works at goshen schools and uh i know that you know if you look at the percentage of students uh who are non-english speakers uh 15 years ago it might have been 20 percent and today it's like 55 percent Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, that would be the most noticeable change, you know. Uh, when I grew up, you used to be able to drive from Goshen into Elkhart, and there might have been two stops on, stoplights or something. <laughs> oh, wow. And now if you if you go from those two, Lord knows, there's probably 20 stoplights between yeah. Goshen and Elkhart. It takes an uh, hour. So... Yeah. All of that development between Goshen and Elkhart, everything you know, that's just kind of popped up in the last 15, 20 years. Yeah, I remember going to the Midway Drive-In Theater. <laughs> Do you know where that is? No clue. That's where, um, you know, it's it's in that area where the Aldi's is yeah. now. Yeah. All of that Over area was. Meyer. It was it was an awesome drive-in theater, you know, and right there off 33, it was wonderful. It's gone now. It's gone yeah. now. No, I don't remember that at all. I've, I've been here since 94, but 95 maybe. Yep. But a lot of it I don't remember either. Yeah. A neat guy named Bob Oaks. 
Okay. Uh, ran that. He actually, he's a cool story. He's 91 or so, something like that. Yeah. But uh, he was born with uh, only a partial arm, but loved sports, was attracted to hockey, was a trainer in hockey for years. He and his wife um, had a couple kids and settled here after after their his career in hockey was over. And he was very close friends with a guy who just passed away. I think his name is Johnny Bowers, who was a Hall of Fame goalie. And wow. So, and, and, you know, guys like Bob, you know, you talk about stories. My stories are nothing compared to his stories. Yeah. Just talk with some people like that, and they're amazing, <laughs> amazing and stories. How did you meet him just through just being in the community? Yeah. Or? Okay. Yeah, because I'm sure you you're one of the people who I think has a lot of connections to a lot of different people here in Goshen. No matter where I go, everyone knows you. <laughs> you know, that's I, I yeah. aspire to be that yeah. someday. Uh, I'd love to be. You know, I'm oh, pretty. Yeah, I'm pretty too. social. So yeah, I Which like. Awesome. I like to meet people. Yeah, I think people are. I think people are pretty cool. Yeah, and uh, most of them are. Yeah, most of them are. And you're easy to talk to. I think that's a big thing, too. Like, yeah. no, when someone comes up to talk to you, you're willing to take time and talk to them, mm-hmm. no matter who they are. I've noticed that. And mm-hmm. then also, it's just like, some, sometimes it's hard to talk to someone when they just, you can tell that they don't want to talk to you. They don't want, they put up something, and you're very open. Yes. And, uh, that, that's, that's a very cool thing. And, and if that. you talk to anyone in our community who know you, um, whether it's from different avenues, if it's Edward Jones or from Grace. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're going to Grace anymore, but I know a lot of people knew you from Grace. Sugar Grove. Sugar Grove. Yeah. Or from Leah or from, you know, Aaron mm-hmm. or, or all of your kids. They're always, you know, it's always a very positive thing. Well, I, I appreciate that. So, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. That's, that's don't great. want to disappoint them. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess, you know, I, I've been influenced by certain people I can say like this specific person has really influenced me and really helped me mm-hmm. in my life and this person is you know kind of come alongside me and help me out uh, I think of Kyle yes. uh, as someone in that in my life um, would, you, would you say you have someone that you can say you look back would it be Gene or mm-hmm. would it be someone that you said this person took an active interest in my life and has oh, kind yeah. of shaped it in a way absolutely uh, Gene Yoder was one of those people um, uh, he just, I was just able to observe him and just the way that, um, he was not haughty or proud. He was, he is, uh, as a matter of fact, he and his wife moved back up from Florida and live at Greencroft now. He oh, and that's cool. Gene and Fern, I love them both. Um, and yeah, they're just still active and just giving back, but they invested a lot in me and I really modeled a lot of my leadership from him that's so cool um i remember um just in terms of just men not just business a guy named Dwayne powell that we knew back in 2000 you know 2006 something like that um when uh we just went to church with him they were an older couple not really old they were probably they're probably in their middle fifth. They're my age. <laughs> and we were in their small group at their home. And they just loved our kids. We were having babies at that time. We had Aaron at that time and yeah. Leah. Yeah. And they would just just love those kids. And I remember Aaron, now known as Little Aaron. Little Aaron. 
uh, Aaron would just love Dwayne. And at church, he would just run up and sit on Dwayne's lap. Yeah. And Dwayne would just hold on to him like he was just one of his own grandkids, you know. Oh, that's so And cool. uh, true story, Aaron has a birthday party when he's three, maybe four, something like that. All these other three or four-year-old kids and Dwayne Powell. <laughs> <laughs> and he comes to the party. <laughs> that's so cool. So, at, you know, Dwayne was just a guy that um, was able to. So I didn't live in the same community as my dad very often yeah uh after i graduated from college and got married and after that we didn't live in the same community but Dwayne was very much kind of like a father figure the way he loved his wife the way he loved his kids the way he was spiritually mature the way he understood his bible the way he lived out his faith in a very authentic way was just he was that guy that i wanted to model myself after and yeah. Very sadly for me, uh, he passed away of prostate cancer about uh, probably 12, 13 years ago now. Yeah. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. Yeah. So there's wonderful people like that. Yeah. I know your drafts, your drafts coming up here soon, so we can, I just have a couple questions. That we can Anything. That's, that's awesome. Well, I, it's cool to hear. I mean, th- those people live on through your memories too. Absolutely. You know? So it's, that's awesome to hear him and honor him that way. Um, that's crazy. Um, I do want to know what your favorite food spot in Goshen is. Well, I, my number one restaurant would be, uh, Kelly J's. Okay. Love Kelly J's. Love their uh, corn good. chowder soup. Oh yeah. And their, uh, beignets and their, uh, all their tapas stuff. I, I typically get the soup and I get, uh, what else? We get the hanger steak and, uh. I've had the hanger steak. That's uh, good. The cream brulee at the end, yeah. and uh, just wonderful. Yeah, that's that's the highest class place in Goshen. I can't leave out the Maple Indian. You know, I was never attracted to Indian food until uh, Leah, my daughter Leah, just loves that place, and somehow she got to meet Rosie over there, and they kicked it off and Rosie is like oh how's Leah doing you know yeah and uh, so by now she knows our whole family because we eat there with some frequency and introduced me to some delicious butter chicken over there Mm. tiki masala too so good yeah so good yeah yeah that place is a real I like that place as well and it's cool it's in Goshen yeah a lot of we have a lot of ethnicity a lot of food that's going on it's a lot of it's a thing that a lot of people live in other towns are jealous of the number of restaurants that we have that are really good yeah and Venturi's Venturi's good as well Venturi's yeah so yeah there's a lot my wife loves the fig and arugula yeah there's a fig walnut and arugula or something like that yeah I've had that it's really interesting Mm -hmm. but it's really good Mm -hmm. I like it that's cool. Yeah, well, I wanted to hear. I didn't know if it was. I know um, every time I'm over by your place, I go and stop and get Enzo's. Because that's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Enzo's yeah. is so good. Jerry, Frederico, and Juan. Yeah. Those guys are awesome. They make great pizza. Yeah. When they see me walking in, they say, Scott, I got a slice of uh, stuffed meat pizza for you. <laughs> they know and you whether see. I want to eat that or not, I eat a piece of stuffed cheese. <laughs> That's so cool. Their stuff is gorgeous. That's what I had. Uh, I think I had that two days ago. For no, I had that yesterday. You can't beat that. Yeah, you can't. They're. I think they're one of the best pizza places. I love it. Yeah, I know. Uh, Pop. Uh, yeah, Pablo. 
think yeah. we were in, or in Juan. Or, you know, Juan. Juan? Um, yes. Yeah. Was sorry. he in your class? No, I don't know. So I'm probably, I'm in chorus class. Okay. So I know I'm, that Juan knows Leah and, yeah. and Aaron. I think he's a year or two younger than me. But when I came back from Grace, uh, I, I deviated a little bit, but I was homeschooled up until I went to Grace College. Mm-hmm. So when I came back and decided to be part of the community, I had to, I didn't have any friends who were here from high school. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of connected with a bunch of different people. That's neat. And so a lot of people I hung out with were 20-year-olds who didn't go to college and decided to hang out here. And I was 22, 23. And so I was a little bit older than them, but they were all just kind of you know doing their thing for a while. And I was just connecting with a bunch of different people. And so and I knew Leah... And Aaliyah had a bunch of friends here too, so mm-hmm. I connected with them and just kind of just small. She's I'm, a good one to help you connect. I'm she sure she is. Yeah, she's 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 got a little bit of me in her. Yeah, she is. <laughs> she connects with everyone. She didn't like me. She hated my guts. What? Yeah, she hated my guts. <laughs> she hated my guts. When she came, I was friends with Katie and uh, Josh Brown. Yes. And Sibs Week, our, my freshman year, Aaliyah comes. She's in high school, and for some reason, I was just doing timid stuff. And just talking. It was Hannah Brown, Josh Brown, Katie, and Leah, and myself sitting at uh, dinner. And I was just talking. I guess I gave her an anxiety attack. I had no clue. Wow. <laughs> so I was oblivious. And then she comes to Grace College, and I'm like, hey, I think I know you. And she's like, you gave me an anxiety attack. I hate your guts. Oh, not my like, gosh. Not like it, but it yeah. was basically like that. Yeah. And I was like, I don't like her at all. I didn't want to talk to her. I didn't, we weren't going to be friends. Well, that's the thing about Leah. So <laughs> you're going to know where she stands. She gave it right up front. Yeah. I'm like, okay, all right. Okay. Yep. But then eventually we became really good friends. So Awesome. It's a redemption story. Which yes. Is good. So. Yes, you've redeemed yourself well. <laughs> and her wedding was go- gorgeous, by the way. That, that worked out Thank really you. well. So. Thank you for being a greeter and a gift uh, placer. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. I, it was a perfect spot because I knew a lot of people from Chris, and I knew all, everyone like that knew Leah as well. Yeah, so that's, that just, was a perfect job for I you. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Yeah. So, that was great. And it was beautiful. Just gorgeous. So I'm happy for them. Me too. Um, okay, so we'll wrap it up. Uh, I have one more question for you. Sure. What would be some advice that you give to people like me or younger than me, my generation? What would be some advice that you would give? As someone who's gone through the trenches and done all this stuff and yeah. just lived and, you know. Yeah. Uh, you can do both, maybe just personal advice and then maybe financial advice. Sure. If, I, if that's I'll give cool. you two things. Okay. One was... Um, there again, my dad knew the president of Elkhart General Hospital. So when I was going through my schooling, I needed to do a summer internship. So he introduced me to Dale Strassheim, who was the president of Elkhart General. Wow. And um, they didn't have an internship, but they created one for me. Basically, Dale let me go to all of his meetings, shadow him all summer long. Now, they gave me a couple other projects to do. I did like a... Uh, customer satisfaction survey for the hospital and I did a, a study on where to put hospital those blue H signs yeah. for traffic yeah. and I, I had a couple things like that to do but I got to be in all of the really important meetings with Dale Strassheim who by the way happened to be a pretty neat Christian also that's cool and it was he was one of those first examples to see a person who had a very deep, active faith and a person who was excellent in business. I was like, ah. Oh, That's what I want. Here's one. I want to do that. Yeah. I want to be like this guy. Yeah. So at the end of the summer, 
we're driving from here to there and we're coming back to the hospital for some meeting and and I say Dale what do you think do you think that I could be because you know when you're young you just don't know if I if you can do it yeah do you think that I could be a hospital administrator a president of a hospital like you and he said absolutely said Scott just just be yourself and you know how many times have you heard that just be yourself (laughs) and every Disney movie (laughs) but it's it is true yeah you know because I think that you try to emulate someone else and you end up not being yourself yeah so uh the cool thing about that is it's true you can be an excellent whatever and put your own unique brand on it so I took that to heart and I was just myself i haven't not that i know of subconsciously maybe i've but i've just tried to be myself and um most people have not uh, run when i come their way but uh, <laughs> <laughs> and if i figured you know if they don't really if they don't like me that's okay yeah i don't have any lack of friends but i think how sad because we could be friends yeah <laughs> yeah The other thing just financially uh, is how important it is just to go back to the basics. And any coach will tell you whether you're playing basketball or football, they tell you about the X's and O's, right? The fundamentals of the game. You have to learn the fundamental things. And that's true also in finances. And the fundamentals there are just putting together a budget. Just saying, okay, this is how much money I make. Where does my money go? And you create a plan that's called a budget where you say, all right, I'm going to spend this much in all of these areas based on your priorities. And as you do that, make one of those priorities saving for yourself. And as I'll tell my clients sometimes, imagine we're sitting here at an appointment and the 70-year-old version of you is sitting right here with us. What would the 70-year-old you say? Yeah. I think that person would say, you got to save. It's not that hard. Yeah. You just need to carve out a little bit more and put it away. You're not like, it's not going towards, it's not going to Edward Jones. It's going to you. Right. It's your investments right. for yourself into the future. Yeah. So learn to um, have self-discipline. And if you need someone to help you, get someone to help you with self-discipline and find someone who could help you put together a budget and put together a roadmap for your own future. Yeah, that's awesome. That's so good. Well, Scott, um, thank you for coming on my podcast. Uh, I really appreciate you it. You are very welcome. Yeah. It's, yeah. Is there any place that people can connect and reach out to you? Uh, they can reach me. My office is over by the Concord Mall, cool. 209 Concord Mall Drive. Where Martin's uh, used to be. That's right. Or yeah. they can uh, feel free to give me a call. Find me on Facebook. They can yeah. reach me at uh, 574-875-0828. Dropping the number. Okay. That's right. Boom. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's cool. That's cool. I, 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 I reconnected by Twitter. So you mind if I just give you sure. your Twitter handle? Okay. Absolutely. It's Scott Puckett 6 Find him on Twitter. Good I'm luck. glad. I'm glad you remembered that because I don't. <laughs> I didn't have 100 percent certainty that was it. <laughs> I looked it up before this. So, anyways, I really appreciate it. So, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks, Tim. And man, Scott is so cool. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another Timmins podcast. Um, 
it's just awesome to be able to sit down and talk to people who are smarter and more knowledgeable and have more experience. And they just are willing to sit down and just give you some life advice, some direction, some encouragement. Scott embodies all those things. Um, so, yeah, guys, I, I'd say take full advantage of, of him and reach out if you uh, are, are wanting some financial advice or, or whatnot. Um, I mean, like I said, full disclosure, I invest fully with him. And um, it's been really great for me. It's been since college. And um, it's just grown, and he's giving me sound advice. So I really appreciate him. Um, but I just really appreciate who he is and who he is for our community. Hopefully you guys got that same vibe as well. As well, uh, He's just an overall cool dude. So I, I, I love, 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 love that I have the opportunity to talk to him. So, uh, guys, I'm going to wrap this one up. Feel free to share this if you guys think this is cool. Let other people know. Uh, follow me on Twitter, NimpsTJ, N-I-M-T-Z-T-J. Shoot me some suggestions for other people you want to hear talked about or different things. Um, no one's really giving me any input, so I'm just kind of doing my own thing. But I'd love to hear some input from other people. Um, and I'd love to shout out more people. Uh, if you know local artists or um, people doing stuff that, that are, are uh, you know, just local to our community and, and they're trying to make a path and a, and a way to do stuff, I'd love, love, love to shout them out on my podcast. I want to use this to, you know, promote my friends and promote others doing amazing things. So, guys, have a great day. Have a great week. Uh, Until next time.